This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Broncos country, we are three days, four days, we could be a week into camp. No one knows how far we are into camp because no one is consistent on their numbering of camp, not even the Broncos themselves, and that's made a heck of an issue when it comes to some of our writers here at Mile High Report. Um, I'm sure some of you guys would really love it if the Broncos could just kind of get things right, but it's time to take a look at what happened on August 1st. The Tuesday of Broncos training camp, we're going to get you up to speed with the latest. We're going to take a look at some of the breakout players that have really been putting on the show. We're going to look at how key players of this team have looked so far. Talking about Russell Wilson, talking about maybe PS2, maybe a new guy like Marvin Mims, maybe a established guy like Nick Benito, and we're going to go over the latest report from the injury front. On the Denver Broncos, we're going to hear from Sean Payne, and I got a small rant, I guess, on hats at the end of this thing. But my name is Ross. It is Wednesday, August second, and we are just a day away from NFL football. If you're listening to this on the second, I mean, technically, it's a Hall of Fame game, so ultimately, uh, uh, who cares? But Football is football, nonetheless, and I, I guess you, you, you can't hate it too much. All right, so it's it's gonna be all right. But let's go ahead and before we get on into things, just a heads up that you can find uh, everything Broncos news over at MileHighReport.com. If you've been there yet, you get tons of articles daily. Um, then you can find us on social media, uh, social media at MileHighReport on. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, come check out the Instagram because yours truly runs that and we have a good time over there. Really appreciate you guys and all your comments, even though some of the weird ones with all that unnecessary hate towards Tim Patrick, like, I don't get it. It's weird. All right. Stop that, you guys. Okay. There we go. But of course, first things first, let's hop into some news regarding breakout players of camp. First guy I'm going to tell you about is Jonathan Cooper and apparently... It's so it's hard, you know, if with the whole Broncos reporting on camp because of how strict Sean Payton has been. No videos of plays, no talking formations, no stats. And so we just get the kind of tweets saying how these guys are doing. X is, you know, I'm not going to be that guy that, that makes the joke. All right, it's old already. We're going to talk about the tweets. All right, it's Twitter. It's a tweet. It is what it is. No one went to, no one's calling you know, Mile High and Power Field and Mile High. No one says that. No one calls it Sports Authority. It's just Mile High, and it's always just going to be Twitter, and that's that. All right, I, I don't care. I'm being stubborn. Not changing any of my lingo, no matter what Elon Musk wants to do with that platform. But 
the tweets are saying that Jonathan Cooper has been a sack machine. And he had a play, uh, two-play two span today, where he got a sack. And then the very next play, he stepped a pitch in the backfield from the back side of the play. And he's looking like he could very well be a starter on this defense. Not some exciting news. And then, would it really be a Broncos season? Broncos camp without a undrafted free Adrian running back having himself a heck of a time. Let's talk about the man from Youngstown State, Jaleel McLaughlin. He's been described as nifty, quick, shifty, fast, and just people are excited to see him in the game. And he's the one that also shows up to the facility at 5 a.m. every single day. Now, of course, the Broncos have had a long and proud tradition of UDFA running backs making the opening roster. And it looks like Jaleel is absolutely on his way to doing so. And he's going to be one of the reasons between him, between the health of Javante Williams, between the looks of Samaj P. Ryan looking good right now. The Broncos are probably going to be running the ball, you know, 50 times a game. And it's it's uh, is a old school power football nerd. Um, I am all here for that. All right. You see the offensive line that can do it. Apparently, they've been decent run game, but pass game, ooh, ugh, I don't know. And speak about lacking the pass game on the offense side, why do you think that is? Because on defense side, they have to be going up against newcomer from the Cardinals, Zach Allen, who has just had another day um, on Tuesday, giving the, the offense line fits. He had a couple bad passes, handful of sacks, and plays where he just flat out blows through the offensive line so the broncos might have a guy here he's a guy that uh sean payton says um obviously he didn't have much you said he's pleased about the performance of zach allen but zach allen by all accounts is having a monster camp so far um so those are the breakout guys that we've seen so far and let's just talk about some of the other players um that are very important to the success of the denver broncos first things first of course russell wilson so far the narrative has been that he's not been bad, but just inconsistent. He's almost like what we saw last year where he has those big flashes, but he can't always put it together. Um, the play of the day uh, reportedly today was a 30-yard completion to Cortland Sutton over Patrick Sertan. Uh, this is one where Russell Wilson put it into a spot where only Sutton could get it. Uh, Sutton made a jump over Sertan and caught the ball one-handed. So, and then this is also the play where Justin Simmons tried to save his out of bounds. Who truly knows? Not us, but a great play nonetheless. Um, and this kind of goes into the reports where Russell Wilson has been specifically targeting uh, Pat Sertan uh, too so far this camp. So maybe that's why he's having maybe those, I don't want to call it issues, but a handful of interceptions. You know, maybe a couple of interceptions every day. That's why Justin Simmons has been having a, uh, he has an interception streak of like one a day or something like that. He's, but he's also the best safety in the league. So are we really going to criticize Russell Wilson too much for that? I don't know. But also, I think we should stop that narrative before it really gets pushed too far. Um, we should not be too worried about these talks about interceptions during camp right now. It's practice. All right, so you want to what kind of things happen in practice? You try to fit the ball into places you usually wouldn't. You try to force it to certain receivers when you usually wouldn't. All right, um, he's trying to figure out this offense, a new offense to him, and he's trying to do some things like, like I said, specifically targeting Sertan, specifically trying to get these jump balls or try to fit into tight windows. 
that's what happens in practice. So that's why you shouldn't be too worried about tweets saying that Russell Wilson threw another interception. Now, if this continues to happen during the season, obviously, yes, let's be worried. But right now, it's not that big of a deal, and we shouldn't be overreacting to that kind of stuff. Um, moving on to Marvin Mims, he's been having himself. A, um, he came back to camp on Monday for his first time. He, uh, he looked good today as well, um, catching some passes from Russell Wilson. Um, so hopefully he's that guy that is able to step up in the absence of Pat of uh, of Patrick of Tim Patrick there. Um, Jerry Judy, he has looked like he's taking another step up in his game, whether it be his route running, whether it be the um, just all-around playmaking ability. He looks fast. Um, he smoked Damari Mathis in one-on-ones today, the first time they did one-on-ones this camp. But also to be noted that Damari Mathis has been looking like he could be that next starting, um, that, that legit starting cornerback that the Broncos need opposite of Pat Sertan. Um, he had a, he's been having a strong camp, and he won reps against Corlin Sun be, before being routed by Judy. So, don't don't overreact to also Demari Mathis. He, that's a guy with a lot of potential and who's been having himself a great camp as well. Um, and like I said, Justin Simmons, he's been beast on jumping routes. Now, this might be a little expected because he knows the Broncos offense. Kind of knows it a little bit better than any other defense would, but... Simmons still got it. All right, let's not be worried about him. And uh, the last play I really want to highlight here is going to be a rookie from last year, sophomore now, Nick Benito. Um, he's been having a good camp as well. Um, got a couple sacks today. He's had some sacks the other uh, yesterday as well. Um, and he's been called a more mature player out there as well. So to, for, to see him be able to develop, obviously, Lackluster season last year. Did not look like the guy um, maybe fell short of expectations. Looking like he's trying to put all of that in the rearview mirror right now. And he's been having himself in a solid camp. Now, uh, updates on the injury front is, of course, you know, we all kind of knew. But, you know, to make it official um, yesterday after practice, um, Sean Payne confirmed that Tim Patrick has a torn Achilles. Um, it was reported that Jonas Griffith walked off the field with trainers. He was injured during a special teams period, and he was walking gingerly, but went to the locker room under his own strength. Javante Williams has yet to miss any practice and says that he does not intend on slowing down. Then, of course, a new signing, Yasir Durant, offensive guard, he walked to the locker room with the trainer today. And then last kind of big thing is that Quinn Miners walked off the field with the trainer with about 10 minutes left to go in practice. But according to Sean Payne, he is, quote, fine. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, just a couple things from Sean Payne as well. He had a handful of quotes today um, on Russell Wilson. He says, quote, I've been pleased with his progress and where he is at. Um, on the defensive secondary, he um, says, quote, it's hard to find completions in some of these drills. And quote, they are a challenge. Like I said earlier, he's pleased what he's seen from Zach Allen. Um, and that Vance Joseph is doing a, quote, great job with defense and speaking about that 
you know, it, it's this definitely move that's really grown on me ever since it happened. Obviously, Vance Joseph didn't have what it takes to be a good head coach, but defensive coordinator, that's there. That's definitely a, a good title for him. So I'm pretty happy with what the defense has been doing so far in camp. And even though with training camp, with practice, you see like from junior football to high school to college to NFL, the defense is always going to have early success in camp. That That's the trend. Um, so hopefully they can just keep it up and hopefully the offense can start to improve out there. Um, Sean Payne on wide receiver Brandon Johnson, who has been getting more first team reps. He said, quote, he's flash. He's making plays. Of course, Johnson is a sophomore at UCF, and he has been reportedly turning heads and has a big opportunity with Tim Patrick out. Um, in regards to the kicking battle between Brett Maher and Elliot Fry, Sean Payton has said that is, quote, back and forth. So that's what we got from camp out of the Wednesday. Uh, pretty good recap there of everything going on, of course. Just trying, really, all I'm doing, all we do is just try to, to watch tweets as much as possible so essentially i'm just doing my best to group all those tweets together um all their sentiments and all their quotes into one spot so you don't have to go looking around like we do now just one more thing before i say goodbye to you guys like i said um why is the nfl so inept when it comes to making a good sideline cap why can't they do this it seems like it shouldn't be that hard of a thing to do but the nfl can't make a good looking hat to save their lives and this is mostly coming down uh, from their official silent camp for this year where it's just half orange half white with the blue bill there's a broncos logo on the orange and nfl logo on the white it's right there on the front it's like no one wants to have half their hat with the NFL logo on it. I mean, what kind of people are making up your focus group NFL? Is it just Rob Lowe and nine clones of him? Like, who wears that kind of stuff? Why do you think people would wear that kind of stuff? They don't want to support the NFL. No one here is like a natural, like, yeah, I'm just a general fan of the NFL. No, they have a team allegiance. They want to support that team. They don't want to support necessarily the league, especially when that league is ran by Roger Goodell, that clown. And another thing, it's not the official one, but there was a hat out there whose primary colors were gray and black. Now, why would you make a Broncos hat that is made primarily up of gray and black? Who thought that was a good idea? It's like trying to sell American flag themed gear to the Bloods and Crips. Why do you want to wear the colors of your biggest rival? Who does that? There's, you, you want to know the answer? No one. NFL, you're dumb. Why does the main sideline hat look like something designed by Two-Face? Who thought that the whole half color was a good idea? I swear the best Broncos caps that I've, that I've owned, that I've liked, I don't really buy hats because they really don't look that good. Um, I have like their Super Bowl hat. I have a camo hat. And I have... I might have another one, but the one that I really only like is, I think it was like 2012 or 2013, where it's just the orange hat with the Broncos logo on the front and the blue bear bill. Super simple, super clean, super nice. Stop doing these stupid designs that no one likes. And you think that a company that makes however billions of dollars a year the NFL does will be able to make a decent looking hat with decent looking merch. But you know, I guess not. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Horse Tracks. 
Hope you guys have a fantastic Wednesday and have a blessed rest of your week. Uh, make sure to catch us on our socials, like I said earlier, at Mile High Report, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Of course, more specifically, you know, check us out on the Instagram, milehighreport.com for all um, of your Broncos news needs, tons of, of articles daily, and we do a live camp recap as well. So go ahead, check that out. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, follow us wherever you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcast from. But with that being said, my name is Ben Ross. You guys are awesome. The NFL needs to make a better hat. And we'll see you guys next time.